It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday, April 2nd. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. My co-host Gordon is, is fresh off a very interesting podcast episode yesterday. Unlike anything I've ever heard, you reviewed a fake documentary and never broke character. Well done. Yes. It was uh, fun. It was we. It was basically improvis- improv- improvisation. Is that the Im- word? Improvisation. I, I'm not good at words. I'm like Michael Scott. I'm like Michael Scott when it comes to word uh, play. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Uh, did you enjoy – what was your favorite uh, joke that we came up with? Oh, man. There were so many. I was talking to Alon before we started. The mayonnaise made – the swoosh with the mayonnaise. Uh, you, made a, you made a Charizard reference at some point, which came uh, completely out of left field. The Guy Fieri references. Schumacher means shoemaker. I just went on and on. I was listening to it. I wasn't able to I – was, so I wasn't seeing you guys' faces, but just the delivery with which you guys pulled this <laughs> off. And maybe you were smiling when, when you are saying it, but at least when you were listening to it, there was no indication that you guys were, were coming up with this stuff uh, on the fly and you were talking about something that clearly did not exist. And when we did record it, uh, we actually stopped our intro the first time we recorded because Lincoln wanted to really hammer that it was April 1st. He says, like, this is a, today's podcast on April 1st. I repeat, April 1st. And I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. We need to to hook them in. We're not going to tell them it's fake right away. So hopefully people believed it. I mean, it's not obviously they didn't believe it, but it was it was entertaining. Hopefully people were entertained by it. We, we've been getting a lot of comments just in general whenever we post anything on social media. It's like, man, you guys are running out of stuff to talk about. And to those people, I say, yes, the entire sport has been canceled. Of course we're running out of things to talk about. <laughs> Literally everybody is running out of things to talk about. And this was a perfect example. Did you guys have notes? Did you guys have a run of show? I'm curious how you came up with some of those. No, it, there were zero notes. It was just like, all right, figure out the next uh, plot point as the other one's talking. <laughs> so like when Lincoln was talking, I was thinking, all right, what's something I could bring up? When I was talking, I'm sure Lincoln was thinking the same thing. So it was. It was uh, I good. think I helped Lincoln kind of go down w- weird, weird avenues when mm-hmm. I just start like bringing in like, oh, yeah, Obama was there. And then Lincoln's like, OK. We got to run with this. It's a ping pong match. All right, let's see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, neither of you guys are classically trained improvisational comics like our formal former colleague Adam O is. So I was just impressed. Like you guys had real chemistry and you were able to to pass the ball back and forth to one another. Never really stopped. Like as a fan of the Gordon Lincoln combo, some of the re- the reason why I like the Gordon Lincoln combo so many so much is oftentimes there's all these there's all these stoplights and weird points when you guys decide to challenge each other. For instance is the end of July fast approaching or is it not that great debate that I love personally, but 
This was completely different. Instead of hitting in, running into red lights and dead ends and cul-de-sacs, you guys just kept going and going and going. And I found out the Ingebrigtsens have a second set of twins. Some of the stuff was just so ridiculous. It was great. Yeah, I was just trying. I was trying to one up myself every time I came up with a new uh, side plot. Because just talking about shoes, I didn't think was going to be interesting enough. I had to turn it into a. A, a, a more of a crazy documentary kind of like tiger king right tiger king you think it's just about tigers but then yes. it turns out to be about like 50 other things so that was my inspiration is kind of create all these side uh moments lincoln's original article was was great as well too although he didn't dive into some of these uh more ridiculous parts of it but he, the whole idea that the the twitter handle uh, underscore shoe truther was behind all of the the conspiracies it was it was very very well executed and again since there is literally nothing going on you need episodes like that but i just thought that was that was an impressive feat of comedy now the great comedy minds out there none of them would understand what the topic was so they wouldn't they wouldn't figure out how difficult that was but for you guys like if you had told me if you had been like yeah and i can't believe Ashton Eaton was there serving food, I would have just cracked up laughing. I would have not have done well in this episode at all. I would have stopped the ball and started just laughing. So that's good. It's a good thing you were, you were on your off day that day. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, I enjoyed listening to it. And especially when you win at 1.5x, which I always go. I go 1.5x. Um, you guys seemed even quicker. And, and it seemed even more realistic because it was just like boom 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 like each person and then because when he would say something or when you would say something how you guys responded was genuine like oh i remember that part in the documentary too it seemed like you were actually talking yeah. about parts so yeah wh whatever chemistry i think you guys have a future in fake documentary reviews <laughs> if, if things don't work out here i think that is you guys future because you guys were exceptionally qualified um for i just that. What wish was there was more april I just yeah. wish it was more April 1st in our calendar. When there's no sports, you need something to kind of hold on to, and making a giant joke is something to hold on to. But now we can't do that. Now we need to actually come up with real content again for the yeah. next, you know, what, 90 days? So that's going to be pretty, pretty hard to do. But yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. So Ryan and Alex, people might have heard of them. Um, m many of you don't. They're two little-known employees of flowtrack.com. They um, they started a podcast, Gordon, and they had several guests on last week. And one of them I wanted to get your opinion on um, what something he said. Stephen Haas was talking about how contracts are essentially on hold now uh, for the time being. Not not too surprising, but um, what do you think right now? The current state, just just what are some other issues you think that are going to come up when when we're dealing with athlete contracts and the whole idea of college to pro? Um, athletes during the, the this time of pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I didn't uh, watch the full interview, if I'm being honest, because I've been busy uh, uh, reviewing the Tiger King uh, sequel. Fake um, <laughs> making fake photoshops. It's called Shoe King and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, that I mean, it makes sense that like things are on hold, right? It makes sense that uh, mm -hmm. I mean, like. Our sport is basically reacting the same way basically the real world is reacting. I mean, so many companies are temporarily furloughing uh, like employees, giving them 20% uh, pay downgrades for the time being. So I really mm -hmm. think that 
shoe company's last uh, thing on their mind is, ooh, who are we signing, right? Like, they mm-hmm. basically are saying, I think that they're all like, we're not going to think about signing until this pandemic is over, which would mean 2021. So I think a lot of these, the Danny Jones, Joe Kleckers, and Tyler Days, they're just going to be shit out of luck because no one's going to, even if they are, like, so, I mean, I guess Danny Jones is probably the most valuable asset coming out, right? I think she is not going to get any offer because they're going to be like, hey, we get it, but we're just not ready to give someone a year contract to get to, to – we're not going to give someone money to do nothing in 2020. So they mm-hmm. just got to be like, hey, we just can't start paying you until you start racing, which won't be till 2021. We'll offer you. So I think there might be like, hey, we're going to start and we'll give you an agreement, but we're not going to send the first check till January 2021. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would happen because I just think that people are pinching budgets. They're trying to like cut here and there because – we literally stopped the economy, so people aren't going and buying Nike shoes. People aren't going to like the Adidas store. People aren't doing that. Like, so they need to. Their revenues are going down. So the last thing they're going to do is increase their expenditures on new athletes. That's what I think. Yeah, I think if, and this is what Lincoln and I talked about a couple of days ago, but this just illuminates it even more. If you have the ability to come back like academically. It makes sense. So there's a program you want to do athletically. It certainly makes sense to come back in 2021 and just run back your senior year. Now that the Olympics have been pushed back because you can just basically take your 2020 season and make it your 2021 season where it's going to get complicated is for the people who, for whatever reason, can't come back academically. Um, or there's some sort of issue with, with the university. They want to move on. Um, then you're running in January and February next year, maybe without any sort of assurance of, of financial compensation, which is which is tough. Um, talking to some college coaches, it's interesting when I ask them about, hey, do you think there'll be meets this year? And they basically have all said to me, it's going to be a top-down thing. Like if the pros come back, then that'll trickle down to the college athletes. Like the pros need to set a schedule, and then once that happens, then maybe there'll be some stuff – for for collegiate runners but obviously the pros aren't scheduling anything now that's more likely that something gets canceled before something gets added so everybody is just is just waiting and that's sort of how track works right you you figure out what's going on at the top and then from there it goes down and down and down oh you got to fill this meet you got to fill this field you have to do this and i think the same thing sort of is the case with the contracts right the big name athlete signs and then everybody else slots in from there um so, I mean, it was interesting insight to hear from, from an agent about this, but still just a ton of, ton of questions we don't know, or a ton of answers that we don't know to these questions. Yeah. What did you think of the Ryan and Alex podcast show, I mean, episode one? I mean, it was the second best, second best podcast on, on this network. I mean, it's still, <laughs> still, still pretty – like, okay, last year, Rye Benjamin was the second best 400-meter hurdler in the, in the, in the world to Carson Warholm, still a damn good hurdler. Um, but yeah. right now behind, clearly behind somebody else, they didn't do any fake movie reviews, uh, on their show. They didn't have any inspirational quotes behind them. No, it was good. Everybody should listen. They got three guests, Justin Knight, Jesse Williams, and, and, and Stephen Haas. Jesse Williams was sitting on a, what looked like a very comfortable couch, uh, throughout that interview, very relaxed. Uh, Justin Knight obviously gave the athlete perspective. And then with Stephen Haas, you had the, 
perspective of the coach and the and the athlete. So it was good. I think Ryan and Alex were both at stand-up desks, even though the shot was from here up. I can't confirm that, but it looked like they were at stand-up desks. So that brought another dynamic. This is a sit-down show, right? Like our podcast is for people who like to sit down. Yeah. Or run, right? You're supposed to listen to it on the run. Sure. Right? Yes. Yes, that's it. So that was our so former because, name. We used, to, we used to be called On The Run, but now we're called The Flow Check Podcast. And we got a new logo, too. Rebranding. Yeah, yeah, good yes. logo, too. New logo. Uh, so you mentioned we're short on stuff because everybody's mentioning we're short on stuff. So I asked for questions, and I wanted to throw a couple of them to you from listeners. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay, this first one uh, from Andy's Comics on Twitter. Which event is going to be the most changed – in terms of significant players after a year off? Most changed, I would mm-hmm. say, would be... the 400. Mm. I feel like I feel like uh, some people come and go in the 400 pretty quickly. Especially, like, the younger people in the 400. Like, you saw, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the 18th Trevor Stewart was like mm-hmm. running 44 low as like a junior in college. And then one year later, he's like running, he's like the 15th best guy in the NCAA. It's like, how does that happen? How do you go from number two in the NCAA to number 15? I just feel like uh, the 400 such like a, you got to be in your super prime that if we shift everyone a year later, there's going to be a lot of people who lose their prime uh, 400 meter runners come and go really quickly. Now, obviously, you have the Michael Normans and Fred Curleys who are just so much better that they're going to be able to... They're not going to lose their prime that quickly. But I do think that the that the 400-meter final, whoever makes that 400-meter final is going to be vastly different uh, because of this year. Like, there's going to be four new people who make it now because... And four people who wouldn't have made it because of the delay. So I'd say the 400... And on the yeah. women's side, too. I think it's equal. Like, I just think 400 is such, like, a crapshoot. Yeah, I say more so on the men than the women because at the top line of the women, you have two women who are so far in front of everybody else. Now, on the U.S. side of things, yeah, I think you're going to get a completely different um, final at USA's. Maybe that completely different is, is too strong. But you're going to get people in there, you're right, that wouldn't have been there in 2020. They're there in 2021. For the men... Man, we Karani James was on the come up last year after recovering um, from his his health issues. Van Nieker could already run ten two this year at altitude. He looked like he was on the rise. Uh, Norman and Curley were obviously there. You had Zambrano who had the surprise medal. Stephen Gardner, the gold medalist. That was my. Those were like the top six or seven coming into this year, and it will be interesting to see if that shakes out. I don't think you it will because I think you're a hundred percent right here. I think we're going to have some 19 and 20 year olds pop up and we're going to have some of those people on the older end and in the 400, what anything over 25, 26 is old, unless you're LaShawn Merritt or Michael Johnson, right? You're like old. So that's why I don't think the delay was a good thing for, for someone like Van Nieker. I think, you know, he's already, he's already won so many titles. He's, he's a veteran by 400 meter standards and you want to get every single major championship you can when you can. So I don't, yeah, I, I think that's a good pick, uh, the 400. I was also thinking of something like um, like the women's 800, just because that event's already so crazy because Semenya's gone 
Indian Saba's gone. Yeah. That that it might allow for that Aji Wilson will still go in as as the favorite in twenty twenty one, I believe, but I mean, domestically or worldwide, do you see that event shifting a lot? Uh, I domestically, I feel like you, it's going to shift dramatically for the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth women. Still, mm-hmm. like the top four are like you know, Ajay Wilson, you know, uh, Raven Rogers, you, you know, what, what's a uh, uh, Sierra Brown? Like they're the one, and Hannah Green. Green. They're the ones who are like so much better. Um, but I, it's kind of like I, I, I do agree with you. I think the eight hundred on the women's side worldwide will change kind of similar to the men's 400. But I think one thing that's just kind of this question kind of talks about as a whole is, you know, I've been working at flow since 2014. So I've seen like, I've seen people be like crowned, you know, top three win medals. And then the next year mm-hmm. it changes. I think a lot of times we never want to say that someone isn't going to repeat what they did the year before. Like, when, like, I remember when, like, uh, the Olympics happened in 2016, right? And uh, there was people who made the Olymp- people who made the Olympic team in- on the U.S. side. If in 2017, like, if you, so the, say the Olympic trials happened, you know, in the summer, and then in the fall of 2016, you make a predicted, prediction of who's going to make the 2020 team. And every time you say someone that made the 2016 team doesn't make the 2020 team, you're considered, like, dumb. You're like, how can you not count on this person? They literally just made an Olympic team, and you think they're not going to make it next time? Mm -hmm. And, like, no one ever wants to predict change. Because predicting change means that you are making a bet on, like, a different outcome. And no one wants to believe that different outcomes are possible until they actually happen. Like, everyone always just believes that the last year's order should be this year's order. And so, um, I do think that that user is saying, like, what do you think the change is going to be with this whole delay? I do think that there's already change from, there was already going to be change from 2019 to 2020. I think that change doubles when we go from 2019 to 2021, similar to, like, an off-year change, right? Like, the 2017 teams versus the 2019 teams are vastly different uh, compared to a 2016 to 2017 team. So, yeah, it's just like talking about the idea that, like, you know, every time I think, like, all right, you're done, it's, like, kind of considered, like, how dare you, right? No one ever wants to admit that their time is over, that their peak is, that their window is closed, you know? Four years is a long time. Do you know time. what I'm trying to say? Yes, four years yeah. is a long time. It's not. It's not like okay. You're saying the Olympic champion. Are they going to win the world championship the next year? Right. You're saying four years later. Are they going to be able to make the team? And it's easier to bet on the known quantity than yet the unknown quantity, right? Because you don't know who the unknown quantity is. So if you're saying, hey, it's going to be, it's going to be Ajay Wilson, or it's going to be the field for 2024 or 2028, I'm almost inclined to be like, well, I know Ajay Wilson, so let's just keep rolling with Ajay Wilson. She'll keep doing this until yeah. she's 40 years old because you don't know, you know who among who among us uh, is going to, like, if you had to pick a specific person, I should say, from the field. If you're just picking the field, that's fine. But if you're picking a specific person, you're not going to double down on some someone you don't really know that much about or really is 
is not to that level yet, even though odds are somebody's going to come and somebody's going to pan out and get to that point is what I'm trying to say. Um, do you want to go through real quick, like event by event and we'll see, and we'll try to figure out other ones that are changing. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I just want to kind of talk about the whole thing. All right. So in 20, uh, 16 of August, I made 2020 team USA projections. Oh, here we go. This is good. This is going to be, a, this could be a whole podcast. Should I, should I go through, uh, let's we could it. probably let's save this. this for another time, but I just want to talk. Should we do it about right now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this was, uh, my 2020 marathon team, Molly huddle, Kim Conley, Neely Spence, Gracie. <laughs> okay. So you didn't do very well. On I that mean, one. I didn't. I mean, the Molly Huddle was a a good prediction, but she, she just had a bad day. Kim Conley, I thought that she would develop into a marathoner, and Neely, I thought would be like the. You know the, the Neely was my equivalent of of yeah the Des or like it's kind of the equivalent of like a Molly Seidel, the new name, right? Okay. This was the men's Galen Rupp, Shadrach Kipchurcher, Ben True. So. I get a pass on Shaddy because he never did it, right? And Ben True yeah. never did it. So I can 100%. say I, I'm 1-0 one, oh, and 1-1. One, one. Yeah, yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> All right. I think we so always I overrate. So I, I, I think we always overrate who's going to move, who's going to run the marathon. I think that's something that we always do. And yeah. You, you you are no exception there, but I don't I don't blame you for that. Well, Ben True's 34. So I was like, all right, he's 34. He's going to be in the marathon, right? So yeah. that's yep. what I thought. Uh but I do know when I made this prediction that I got a lot of shit from the Linden, uh, Des Linden group saying, like, I know nothing. Um, but I didn't know that she didn't make the team. So I got that kind of right. I just. Well, <laughs> you just said. <laughs> I mean, for the record, you still know nothing. But she, yes, she also didn't make the I know. team. But. Yeah, so technically we both win, right? There we go. All right, so here's the, the 2020 10K team. On the men's side, Ed Cheds, which I got wrong because he didn't you know, become an American, Eric Jenkins and Hassan Mead. I can see Mead still making it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have another year for these predictions, predictions to come true. So he's still yeah. now. 2020, uh, women's 10 K Ali Ostrander, Abby D and Mariel Hall. So Ostrander, I thought she would kind of move up. Mm-hmm. No, she might still Abby D's hurt. Yeah, Abby D's hurt. Mario Hall can make the team, so I'll be one for three on that. So I think my 10K is I'm going to be uh, two for six. Okay, uh, I think, 33% with my math there. Good job. All right. <laughs> Looking back on these, they're really bad. All right, so uh, 5K, I picked Edward Cheserek, Paul Chalimo, Ryan Hill. So okay. obviously Cheserek, I thought you'd be an American. But Paul Chalimo right there and Ryan Hill – Ryan Hill, uh, probably that's going to be wrong. Women's 5K, Shelby Houlihan, Elise Cranny, and Katie Mackey. I was really high on Cranny. That was a mistake right there. I mean, again, Elise Cranny in 2016, you're like, you're thinking all about the potential, right? Yeah, by that point, I mean, well, Schweizer Schweizer was good then. Never mind. I'm trying to find an excuse for you. I can't. Sorry. Yeah. And Katie Mackey, I was still holding on to hope. 3K Steeple, this is, I'm so bad at this game. Evan Jager, Don Cabral, Andy Bayer. So Cabral's wrong. You know, I didn't think about okay. Hillary Borg getting that good. So 
Well, Bayer made the team last year, this, and and Jager has made every other team except for last year when he was hurt. So that's not that could happen. Yeah, that's not bad. This one's really bad. Women's three K steeple: Emma Coburn, Leah O'Connor, Colleen Quigley. The Leah O'Connor that was that that, that that's not that's not a good pick. Obviously. Well, you didn't you didn't obviously see Fre- no... you didn't see Frerichs coming, but you got you get. Yeah, I mean, we already know what that team's gonna be. They don't even need to run that race. So yeah, we can just move that forward. Yeah, they don't. Okay, this is, this is I think is probably the worst one. Women's fifteen hundred, Alexa Ephraimson, Kate Grace, Kate Murphy. <laughs> I was really high on Kate Murphy in twenty sixteen. You had Shelby. Right in, you had Shelby in the wrong event. You had Shelby in the wrong. Yeah, event. Yeah, I did. I had Shelby in the wrong event. Yeah. And you didn't. You didn't think Jenny but, would make it you know, again. Yeah, I thought Jenny was done. I think you're going Wait, too will far Jenny in the make other it direction. Again? Yeah, I think Jenny. Yeah, I'm, she, I'm, yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, she'll, she'll make it. Men's 1500, Clayton Murphy, Centrowitz, Robbie Andrews. Okay. I mean, Murphy and Centrowitz could make it. Andrews okay. could maybe make it. He's good. He's yeah. 29 now. Yeah. Uh, women's 800, Ajay Wilson, Laura Raisler, Raven Rogers. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty good. Laura Raisler the ones, show up. The ones that are your most accurate are the ones where you went chalk. You realize that, right? You're disproving what you said earlier, which is picking the new name. I know. I know. I know. And then uh, men's 800, Donovan Brazier, Boris Berrien, Shaquille Walker. So Shaquille yeah. Walker retired. Boris Berrien, I think, is done. Brazier obviously is correct there. Yeah. Okay. But, but, in, this, but in this, I may mention that, like, only – Zero people from the 2012 team made the 2016 team in the 800. Mm-hmm. Three from the three out of six, right? So zero out of six went made back-to-back 2012-2016 teams. Only half of the 1,500-meter runners made it from 2012 to 2016. Half of the steeple chasers, only one of the 5K runners, only one of the 10K runners, and three of the marathoners. So it's kind of showing that, like, it rarely is five of the six from the previous Olympics make it. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's mostly three, two, or one. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. deep. What's, what's going to be novel about this is not just that we're coming off a year where the racing schedule is completely interrupted, but usually before an Olympics, we have a world championships right before, and that gives you way more ability to predict. Instead, we're going to have two years. So it's it's gonna yeah. it's gonna mimic more the time between world championships. So if you're looking at a blueprint of how many repeat people are gonna make it, or how many of the favorites are gonna advance, or the gold medalists are gonna move forward, you should look probably more to seventeen to nineteen, or twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen, or twenty fifteen to seventeen than you would ordinarily going into Olympics, where you have a lot more recent data. So when you run that regression analysis, let me know what, uh, what pops out on your computer. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically we need to look not 15 to 16, but we need to look at what 17 to 19 is like. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. And, 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 and yeah. see how, how many of those people carried over. Um, so let's just, let's run through a couple of these though. So men's hundred, I think, I mean, you're still going to have Coleman there. Obviously the layoff doesn't help someone like Gatlin or Rogers, Gatlin. but if it's, yeah, if it's if it's Coleman and Lyles at the front, it's still going to be Coleman and Lyles next year. Same thing with the 200. That race was Lyles and everybody else. That should stay the same. Uh, De- DeGrasse, I think, is 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 in a 
he's early enough in his career. He's not he's not a, a veteran at this point. The where the extra year isn't isn't a big deal. Um, Four hundred we already talked about. Eight hundred. Do you think Michael Norman could do to? Do you think Michael Norman could do to two? I think he could. I don't think he's going to because I think he's just he wants to get the four hundred right before he does both. I think that's what his thinking will be. In the same way, Lyles wanted to get the two hundred right before he did both. Um, just a thought. Just a thought. I don't know. Uh, Eight hundred. We talked about Brazier, big favorite. Fifteen hundred. Timothy Cherry at the top. I mean, he's he's so far in front. Like Brazier and Cherry and like on the women's side, Sifan Hassan. They're just so far ahead of everybody. The minor places might change but the gold medalist is in a very strong position same thing things like the women's women's steeple women's hundred might be interesting to watch Shelly and Fraser price like was I mean she had her arguably her best year last year um well into her uh into the into the latter stages of her career that extra year is won't won't help because she was on a roll and obviously how how old is Fraser price 30 233 i'm not sure um over 30 yeah so and that event in the u.s is is kind of weird too because you had tiana daniels akinison and english gardner make the team gardner got hurt she gets an extra year that that event in the united states is really wonky same thing with the with the 200 in the united states so i think you're gonna see a lot of to go back to the original question i think you might see a lot of turnover in the in the women's 100 and 200 in addition to the, the, the those 400s as well yeah, I agree. Um, do you think that uh, Allison? Fe- how do you think Allison Felix is going to do? I think right now, if I had to say, I think she will. She will make the relay. It's like she'll be in the top six again. She'll be in the top six again. I don't think she'll be in the top three. I would put her four, five, or six right now. Um, it's hard. Well, she to only put- needs to be top eight to make the relay pool. So yeah, I mean, the, there's the, the co-ed pool. Yeah, I meant the real. Re- I know she's a mixed relay gold medalist. Um, but I'm talking about the the original six relay pool. I mean, she was six last year in the final, and it was her first race of the year. So I, I can't put her any lower than that. I know it's another year later, and I know there'll be somebody who pops up, but she's gonna be she's gonna be better than she was in 2019, I think. Just yeah, because that's it's true. it's really hard to debut at USA's and still make the final, let alone get six. Would so. you say Felix is the one is the one person where like the the uh, risk reward or cost benefit analysis or whatever of like obviously the age is a negative to return for you know it's harder to be good at a higher mm. at, at an older age but the extra year post birth is helping her right of training like she so it's like hey like sacrificing being older and during this Olympics uh, helps is a negative but being two years removed from birth is positive. Or three years, I guess, removed from birth. I so like yeah. she has more time to get fit. I forgot. I totally forgot that USA's was her debut until I went and looked it up earlier in the week. And yeah, it was late in 2018 when when she gave birth and was still recovering. Yeah, like I think I think what she was in 2019, she would have been way in front of that in 2020. And yeah, I agree because I think originally I know she talked about Tokyo being her last Olympics. But I bet she was planning on going through 2021 just because the home world championships, that seemed like a good place to like end your career um, in, in Eugene. That, that seemed to make sense. So I think she was already planning on going through 2021 
if I had to just, this is me just guessing. I mean, maybe one day she'll actually say what her plans were and we'll know for sure. But so I, I don't think long term the, the plan shifted that much. And yeah, the extra time I think, I think will help her there. Um, let's do one more question. Hit me. Or we could go dive more into your projection predictions. So, um, yeah, my predictions were really wrong. But what's not wrong? I mean, I'm always wrong. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you getting dunked on is what really gives – it gives us life. It gives us hope. It gives us spirit. Uh, Julian wants to know, just as because of the delay in the season this year, do you think next year, 2021 indoor, will be the best season ever in terms of star power? Maybe. Because a lot of times athletes kind of – um, skip indoors because they're focusing on the Olympics. But maybe now a lot of them don't skip because they're they're itching to race mm-hmm. and they're itching to get tune-ups because they're running out of opportunities. And maybe they they uh, they just like look at the twenty twenty one World Championships as just like in a different lens that they would have any other year mm-hmm. because they have such a long break. So it could be better. I also do think that, like, there might still be a little bit of, like, I'm not going to China in people's back of their mind. So they still might skip it because it's in China. And this whole reason we're in this pandemic was because of a virus that started somewhere in China. So that might be in people's mind. Uh, But I do think there will be a percentage of people who typically would have skipped that championships but we'll now run it because of this such a long delay. So I do agree. I think it will be better. It could they, be the best. Well, they also could say they could run a bunch indoors and then decide they don't want to go to Nanjing just because, oh, that's a really long travel situation. It's a really short meet, and then I'll end up just flying back. And I always thought this year the attendance of that would be low because what the Olympic trials were less than three months later. Right, like almost almost uh, two and a half months later, I guess. Well, about three, about three, um, and th- they wouldn't want to disrupt their 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 training like that. So I, yeah, I think Julian's right here. I think this is a uh, this will be especially those. I don't think we're gonna see, you know, pure sprinters, like you know, other than Christian Coleman who just owns the sixty. I mean, Lyles is probably gonna keep it low key because he doesn't really run a lot of indoors. Um, but those eight hundred. It would be cool if we got. It would be cool if we got Norman to do it, right? Like Norman and Curly to run the four hundred. Yeah, I don't I mean the in people don't like indoor four hundred, so that's that would be amazing if we did. That would be that would go and just further Julian's point even more. I think though in the in the mid distance and distance and then the the high hurdles and then the real short sprinters. I think, yeah. I th- People are just going to be wanting to race, right? They're going to be itching to, to get out there. Um, I, I mean, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to know for certain because we just don't know how many people are going to be getting in races at the end of 2020. But if there aren't really any races at the end of 2020, if that shakes out, people will be just ready to roll come, come 2021. Um, and also, aren't they going to want to be like, okay, I want to make sure my legs still work. Right? Yeah. They don't they need to figure that out. They need, they need to figure out they're still able to run. Yeah. Right? It's well, such a and, weird time, man. We're living in weird times. And probably sponsorship reasons too. Get some get some races in there. 
right? Run some run some fast marks. They're going to I mean, whatever the situation is with the standards and all that stuff, right? They're going to tr- those mid-distance runners and longer distance runners are going to try to knock those out. I mean, the long distance stuff's not really doable when it comes to indoors, but you know, the milers, we saw some milers get standards this indoor season. BU is going to be crowded is what I'm saying. BU is going to be very, very crowded. BU is always crowded. Gotta love it. Yeah. Can't wait to watch BU 2021 edition. See what yeah. Schumacher shows up and does. So. Yeah. Um, all right. House of Run. Or sorry, House of Run. Wrong app, Wrong podcast. Flowtrack podcast at yeah, gmail.com. What are you doing, man? What are you, are you trying to pitch your other podcast, your side project? What's going you on? You guys man? were. Uh, you guys were. Um, you guys were doing a fake documentary review. It kind of threw me off, all right? Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, how, is, another- how is your podcast – how is your podcasting uh, career going right now? How many podcasts do you do right now? Three. On a weekly th- basis? Three? Yeah, it's too many. Uh, it's it's – it's, uh, podcasts are great – well, in a normal world where you're out and about and interacting with other people, it's kind of cool to do a podcast because it's very focused, especially – if you're doing it with someone not in person, like you and I in Lincoln, we do it in person before this, right? But the other ones I would do remote. Now that everything is remote, it's just one more thing to do remote, and I'm tired of hopping on <laughs> remote calls with people, and um, I want to see people in real life. So uh, we got one more question, though, before we go. All right, hit me. Um, it was on this pod when we were talking about whether or not Christian Coleman would break the American record, right? That was this show. Yes. You and I. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fake Deal Neil writes in, from your episode a few days ago, Coleman definitely breaks a 100-meter U.S. record next year now that he has Britney's advice to go for it from the start. So there you go. <laughs> that is so true. You got a good point. I mean, yeah. Coleman got now two posters on his wall. He got that, that Lyles with the target on it, and now he's got that Hit Me Baby One More Time throwback 90s poster. <laughs> Uh, I think it probably already was there, but now he has a reason for it to be there, you know, so now he can. How awesome would it be if, like, Coleman and or Lyles, like, are, like, listening to music, like, on, when they're warming up and they kind of part, turn into speaker mode and it's, like, Britney Spears. <laughs> and it's, like, jamming out to Britney. And then it's, like, their new, like, th- theme music and walkout music is all the Britney hits. If you could do – yeah, if Track did walkout music, whoever did Britney Spears first would, would win. That would yes. Be it. Hey, uh, maybe like we could – it could be like so crazy where like, you know, like eventually they get to meet up and like uh, Britney and Coleman or Britney and Lyles get to have a little conversation and they can joke about who has a faster PR. It will be a great moment. It will be a, the, the cross of the uh, combination of these two cultures, the, you know, the 90s, 2000s Britney culture with – the sprinter world would be great. I'm all That's for what that. Times about it's yes. about bringing people together. I'm all for that. I hope that happens. If the if track was a little bit bigger, that would be like if she did the equivalent thing to basketball. Like a week later, we would see her out there doing something funny, right? If she's like, yeah. I just broke Steph Curry's three point record or something. But because uh, it's track, we might have to work a little harder. But I definitely think I mean Bolt should at least make that happen, right? They should at least have a, have a oh, picture yeah. together the next time they're in the same spot. Uh, one more here 
from Fake Deal Neil. Since the Olympics aren't rebranding as the 2020 Olymp- 2021 Olympics, should we start the year 2020 over in nine months from now and strike our current vision of 2020 from history like the Phantom Dark Ages conspiracy theory? Hmm. I wonder if that's possible. I'll have to talk to my people. Like, just just, just say this didn't count. We do a mulligan on the first part of 2020. Well, I think what they're going to do is, I saw someone tweet this, but you just write it out, 2020, like 2020, and then put an N-E at the end. So it looks like 2020 and then a 1. So it still says 2020, but then the 1 is the 0 N-E, and it looks like the, the word 1. Oh. So it says 2021. Is this just so an Olympics 2020 thing? 2020 N-E. So it says 2020, but it also says 2021. Is this an Olympic thing or is this just in life thing? No, for the Olympics. Because it's going to be still called the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Like, it just happens to be held in 2021. Yeah. So, like, do I have to change the coverage page to be a 2021 Olympic Games or do I have to keep it 2020? Because that's what that's called. It's going to be so complicated for SEO purposes. Like, (laughs) what do you do? Do you hold on to the 2020 title or do you change it to 2021? And that's the big... NBC's freaking out about the SEO right now, how they get their clicks. <laughs> that's the big thing. I like his idea if we just forget that this happened and we reset. We unplug the gaming console yeah, before the game saved. That's what we do. I mean, we live in a world where there's leap years, right? Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. we can have a leap day where we just skip a day every three of the four years, why don't we just skip a year every 2,000 years, right? And if there was seems, one to skip, this would be a good one so far because we're only yeah. we're only three months in and it's not going well. So reset it a, a leap a leap year entirely, and then we'll uh, I we'll think, go from there. I think for all the days of for all the February 29ths that we missed in the many years of our lives, we're making up for all of them right now by just doing nothing for an entire year. Basically, is what's happening. Mm. Leap year. This is this is the definition of a leap year. It actually is a leap year too. So this is the definition. Of, we should have saw it coming. I like it, man. I like it. We're. I think any sort of a recommendation about this is we we can't throw out anything as a bad idea. I think that's that's the, the that's lesson true. of this. No no bad ideas in this in this time of need. All right, so that's it. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Lincoln and I will be back tomorrow. We'll be on. We're recording in the afternoon, so it won't hit the inbox until or your, your podcast feed, that is, until later on Friday. Or you can access it over the weekend. You'll have a lot of time, maybe on your long run on Saturday or Sunday. We're going to have a guest as of right now, so stay tuned for that. Gordon, Who's you're the not, guest? I don't, Secret? I never want to say because I, I don't want to jinx it with the technology and stuff. So That's a good point. Maybe after this week well, we if know it if works. Well, if we know if there's no guest, that means the technology failed. Right? Yes. So if it's know. just Lincoln and I being like, so uh, what events next year are going to be the most unpredictable? That uh, reminds me of uh, uh, there's a, a show I watch on the, on the internet called Hot Ones about this guy who interviews celebrities while eating hot wings. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to do a interview with Lou, Lou, uh, Louis Dreyfus, the VP Julia girl. Louis. Julie, Julia yeah, Louis Julia, Veep is the show. Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus and uh, Will Ferrell because they did a show together. They did a movie together, but Julia pulled out literally last minute. So the interview was just with Will Ferrell, and the host had 
half Will Ferrell questions and half Dreyfus questions, mm. right? And had to like adjust on the fly. And you could tell he was kind of like not prepared to do a, a Will Ferrell only podcast. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. Wow. So he put so, her out there, huh? He like asked questions. He like asked questions to Will that were really designed for his co-star. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> why I kind of felt bad. Why did she not so, do it? Got sick. You know, they're celebrities. They could be like, yeah, I'm not doing this Hot Ones YouTube show. Like, they can easily, you know. It's when you're, when you're that famous, you can do whatever you want, right? Okay, so then I don't feel bad then in announcing who the guest is going to be. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep. Okay, that's who we're trying to get. <laughs> there you go. We'll see. All right. All right. Thanks. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and, of course, on the website. Thank you to Alon for producing. We will see you guys tomorrow.